Welcome back to the Teaching in Tech podcast for season two with Alan and Chad, where we continue to explore everything related to teaching, learning, and technology integration. Working with teachers, we see amazing things happening in classrooms every day. In each episode, we'll detail teaching strategies and technology integration ideas that are working. Also, special guests will join us to share strategies that have been successful with students. Okay, so we are back for another episode of Teaching in Tech with Alan and Chad. And this week, we are very uh, fortunate to have a special guest with us uh, from McKinley High School. We have Aaron McCutcheon joining us on Teaching in Tech. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me, guys. So as we get started today, we're going to find out a little bit more about uh, what you do at McKinley, some of the strategies and some of the things that you've had success with. Uh, but first off, let's just talk a little bit about what led you into the teaching profession. <laughs> so uh, <clears throat> my path into the teaching profession is kind of unorthodox, if you will. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, I, so I remember back when I was a senior in high school, I was in my government class. And, you know, they basically gave you this diagnostic test kind of thing, basically saying, you know, if you scored, you know, if your two data points were in this, you'd be, let's say, a chemical engineer or some kind of architect or, you know, math teacher, science teacher, whatever the case may be. I kind of broke the mold. (laughs) I kind of broke the mold because because all my data points were scattered all over the place. And uh, I kind of made life difficult for my guidance counselors because, you know, they, they try to say, hey, you know, this college would be good for, you know, you, you, you for this you know, degree, this career path, whatever. Um, I didn't really get any kind of conversations with my guidance counselors about that. So I kind of had to figure that out on my own. Um, but anyway, I did go to uh, Baldwin-Wells College initially to play baseball, but also to uh, to be a, a computer scientist, if you will, kind of thing, because I love I love video games. I love, you know, the math and the coding and what have you. Well, that kind of got too tedious and strenuous and what have you. So I kind of backed off. Um, when I graduated from Baldwin-Wells College at, or Baldwin-Wells University now um, with the uh, broadcasting mass communication degree and what have you. And kind of like sim- similar to what you're doing, Chad, I, I, lo- I love tech. I, I, lo- I love the, you know, the technical side of things and, and what have you. And uh, so, yeah, I graduated from Baldwin Walls College or University with my uh, broadcasting mass communication degree. Little did I find out that um, in order to, to get a job in broadcasting mass communication, you got to travel to, you know, Timbuktu, which would be like North Dakota, South Dakota, you know, Nome, Alaska. Other, <laughs> yeah, all these other states. And it's like, yeah, I don't really want to, I really don't see myself picking up and going to you know somewhere to a foreign state and what have you so i kind of uh i kind of uh, backed off of that a little bit even though i did have my degree um so i met my, met my wife you know and she goes have you ever thought about you know coaching and teaching because you know i played baseball i played sports and what have you and i was always you know instructed um teammates on, on what they need to do and what have you so uh, yeah, when you when you love sports that's usually a natural fit to consider that coaching angle and then and, and teaching it's an easy oh, end yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I had some odd jobs. I was like telemarketer in Akron, Ohio for the longest time, working or you know, trying to collect money and fundraising and whatnot. And, yeah, doing that eight to ten hours a day really wasn't cutting it. So uh, my wife said, hey, you know, you want to coach. You, you could be a teacher and what have you. So Kent State, Kent State had a uh, program. It's called Masters in Arts and Teaching. and uh, it was a two-year program. 
did did all my undergrads or uh, prereqs, if you will, kind of thing. All the Calc one, Calc twos, Calc three, statistics, um, um, the history of math, which was kind of cool but different in, in the same sense. And then I got into the uh, program or what have you. Did my uh, did all my student teaching, and here I am. That's really kind of a nice program that Kent has because especially when you've already finished a, a full bachelor's program, you know, to start all the way at, at the at the beginning and do a, a complete uh, second bachelor's would really be a, a big ask. And being able to just do that in a two years master's program, that's a nice way to be able to shift gears and get in the profession. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So 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 that two year program was kind of more teaching centralized focus kind of thing and w- which was really nice and actually actually was a, was a big time saver. And what have you obviously driving to kent like four days a week was kind of a bear in addition to you know doing your student teaching and and all that stuff but uh as obviously because you're, you're a student teaching throughout the day there's going to be some night classes involved which you know you kind of gotta you know take it take it for what it's worth and what have you but yeah they worked out all right especially since student teaching is more like a reverse internship where you pay to go there and work each day as opposed to <laughs> even pulling in the small intern salary. So, <laughs> well, well and, and the funniest thing is, believe it or not, and I, I, I didn't find this out until um, afterwards, but uh, there were, there were some school districts that actually paid, you know, a thousand dollars, you know, for, for, for student teachers and what have you. I mean, it was kind, oh, wow. of, it was kind of bizarre. I yeah, missed out so, on that. Same with me. Hey, yeah, me too. So it was like, Okay. And obviously the, the, the school that I, you know, taught at or student taught at didn't pay pay, but that's all right. I got I got the field experience anyway. It'd get you where you needed to be. So So you touched on it. I mean, where'd you where'd you student teach? I, I I student taught at Alliance. So 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 the bloodlines between Alliance and McKinley kind of intertwine, if you will, kind of thing, because Mr. Talbert, who was from Alliance, now he's now he's here at McKinley and what have you. So yeah, so I I know exactly you know Mr. Talbert's you know guideline and framework and what have you in, in regards to that. And by the way, I do have huge respect for Mr. Talbert, you know, and 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 what he did at Alliance and what he's trying to do at uh, McKinley. But yeah, I student taught at Alliance, and then uh, I uh, I tutored um, actually at uh, Canton City for the longest time. So what happened was um, after I graduated from the from the uh, uh, from Kent State with my master's in arts and teaching. My buddy from the program calls me up to text me says, Hey, you know, we're looking for an extra teeter. Um, it's at Canton City. She goes, he goes, you know, just just you know, apply for it and go from there. It's like, okay, so I uh this was before Timken and McKinley merged. Did you apply um, specifically for the Timken position? So this was so this was funny. So I didn't get paid through Canton City. I got paid through Stark State College. Yes, oh, okay. yes, yes, yes. It was a grant. So you know, I would basically you know work there the, the normal school day, and what have you. Um, I'd be sitting in the lounge you know area and whatnot, right in front of the where, where the computers are and what have you, trying to advertise. Hey guys, you need help with math? You know, I'm I'm your guy. Come talk to me. And there'd be sometimes, you know, I would actually, you know, go inside the classroom and what have you and uh, and uh, try to help students with their geometry or, or algebra one skills, whatever the case may be, and uh, go from there. Then all of a sudden, the, the merge happened, um, I think 2016, 2015, 2017, something like that. And then all of a sudden, uh, I actually was in McKinley for, for a little bit. And then kind of like going back to my roots, I went from McKinley. <laughs> 
in the middle of that year, actually, I think it was around October, went from McKinley back to Alliance to uh, Tudor. And then, uh, yeah, here I am. <laughs> you know, it's funny you talk about that. Um, I actually applied for the same type of job and was going <laughs> through the interview process for the Tudor position at McKinley. And then uh, a math spot opened up. So right around <laughs> that same time. And then that's how I ended up over at McKinley. So you've been in the uh, math department at McKinley for around six uh, years now, but you had one interesting stop before that. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your time uh, teaching in a juvenile detention facility? Yeah. So um, I, you know, finished tutoring and what have you. And uh, I, uh, I don't know, I was looking for jobs, you know, obviously because it's, it's uh a juvenile detention center funding really isn't there even though i got paid through through another school i got paid through i uh, can't local schools which is Canton south um i kind of got let go because of seniority because what they did was they had the math teacher who was there and he he, he was kind of he had seniority he was teaching actually you know tech tools or, or computer coding or whatever the case may be um so so they kind of let me go because i was on a one-year contract but um yeah, I, I, I taught I taught at Faircrest uh, Multi County Juvenile Detention Center for the longest time for two years and what have you, and uh, it was actually it was actually a really cool experience, you know, seeing seeing different seeing different um, kids and you know in that kind of setting. Obviously, you know, kids were there for for various reasons. Um, they had two different two different locations, but it was on the same campus. You had CCF, which was the uh, correctional facility, and then you had RTC, which is the Residential Treatment Center. And what have you, and so it was kind of like a different, uh, different spectrum of 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 kids, if you will, kind of thing. And basically, it was it was you know a good experience, right? It kind of helped me out to where I you know where I'm at now at, at McKinley, and what have you. But yeah, it was it was great. Definitely uh, an experience in terms of learning how to manage different personalities and work with different types of people and and kids who have been through some some tough situations. And that's uh, all all of those are skills that are going to help you when you're in a in a regular classroom setting. Well, yeah, and 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 believe it or not, you know that that's kind of where I learned how to make relationships with kids and what have you. It's, it's all about you know it's all about like identifying what they're interested in and what have you. All right, because all these kids, all the kids at at uh, Faircrest, they think, you know, they're, they're the next Kobe or Michael Jordan or LeBron or whatever. So, you know, you, if they start playing, you know, around the world or, you know, dodgeball or, you know, the next athlete or what have you. So all of a sudden, you know, you, you start shooting basketball with them, you know, playing around with them a little bit. And all of a sudden it, it kind of builds up that rapport and, and relationship, you know, with, with these kids. And then it leads on to bigger and better things. Yeah, there's no doubt that when it comes to making connections, finding common interest is definitely the way to go. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So really the main focus of, of this episode, uh, as we get started, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the things that, that you've done in the classroom and some of the things you've had success with. Uh, but you definitely have a great reputation in our building as somebody who can build relationships with our kids and, and even with kids who are sometimes maybe difficult to get along with for some. Uh, you tend to have that ability to find a way to kind of break things down as far as the barriers go and, and, and forge relationships. So what are some of the things that you do? Uh, to help build these strong relationships with students? <laughs> um, the first thing is, you know, make make an observation. All right, make an observation. All right, um, basically, a body, so, so obviously I coach baseball. Body language is a big co uh, component, if you will, kind of thing. 
um, you know, basically, if, 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 if you read the body language, it, it, tell, it basically you can read them like a book um, and what have you. And obviously, you know, something as simple as, you know, how they walk, you know, <clears throat> what, what they wear um, and what have you. So it's like the biggest thing is, all right, the biggest thing is, and by the way, Michael Jordan is the GOAT. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> that's not up for debate. <laughs> no, none. Um, but anyway, you know, someone someone's wearing a, a Lakers LeBron jersey, whatever. All right. And it's like, hey, like, you know, I say, hey, buddy, you know, sorry, I hate to break it to you. And they look at me all concerned. I said, Michael Jordan's a GOAT. Sorry, buddy. And they just walk by, kind of like smiling or whatever, shaking their head no and what have you. And then all of a sudden, I swear, like a week later, you know, me and him, me and, me and the same kid are talking about sports or talking about whatever. It's it's basically all about finding a common interest and what have you and kind of breaking the ice that way because it's, it's more real. It's more authentic in regards to that. And it, it can lead to bigger and better things. I think sometimes our students too, they, they tend to be surprised when they, they look at the teachers as basically whatever their content is, that's what their whole life is. And we don't have any interests outside of, uh, of our, you know, our, our profession. But when you can start to kind of talk, you know, intelligently about some of the things that they're interested in, it definitely gets their attention and it definitely helps to build that bridge. Well, yeah. And also, I mean, also students, students kind of look at teachers as, you know, either a, maybe a parent figure per se, and some of them don't really have good, you know, you know, parent life or parent relationships, if you will, kind of thing. So all of a sudden students think, you know, that we're out to get them. And it's like, no, we're not. We're here to like actually build relationships per se. We're here to, you know, make sure that you can trust me and I can trust you and what have you. So, you know, and honestly, I do a lot of smiling. I do, I'm very, very energetic inside of the classroom because honestly, kids are like, oh my God, this is such a drag. I'm, I don't know why I'm here. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you got someone who's energetic and yes, at 7.30 in the morning, I'm very energetic. I'm very, very loud on purpose <laughs> to make sure to make sure kids are up and up and moving. Uh-huh. Sure Energy's up. Awake. Yeah. And being next door in the media center, I love to hear that because uh, sometimes <laughs> I'm over there and it'll be early in the morning. And at the first couple of times I would I would notice that I thought, man, is somebody out of line already? And then I realized it's all just kind of part of the math show over there. So I definitely get a kick out of that being next door. Yeah. And so basically, you know, the the, the uh, stereotype or generalization, generalizations like, you know, especially I heard this uh, three, four five years ago now, you know, teachers aren't supposed to smile until like November or something. And honestly, and honestly, it's like, what? I mean, yeah, yeah. At that point, you already lost them. Yeah. So it's like, all right. So it's like, honestly, I smile. I laugh. I joke around. I have a good time, what have you. And, you know, it, it, it goes a long way with things. Yeah, our, our profession has changed enough. That might have worked maybe 30 years ago. But at this point now, I mean, it's things have shifted to the point where if you can't make a, a connection with kids and you don't have a relationship with them, you know, the teaching and learning side of that just isn't going to get very far. That That's for sure. And our kids oh, yeah, can no. tell when you're fake. I mean, they, they know when it's not genuine. And, and the fact that your energy is always up like that or the fact that you walk out of your room and interact with them in the hall you know, they can tell when it's when it's a show versus when you care. Oh yeah, no doubt. And basically, when it's when when it's a show, when it's when it's fake, like kind of like what you guys said, you're you're just going to lose them for you know forever. So yeah. Well, one yes. more thing as a kid of an as a kid of the '80s, I do have to say I was more of a Larry Bird guy growing up, but. <laughs> Uh, when it when it comes to the whole uh, LeBron and Jordan debate, I mean, it's kind of I, I don't know how you can really build a case against a guy who was six and zero in the finals, 
and won all those titles without putting together super teams and bringing all in all his friends and all the free agent movement. So I'm, I'm going to have to agree with you on the, on the Jordan LeBron debate there. Well, see, and basically, see, and basically when, when, when I talk to kids about sports, cause there's, believe it or not, there's a, there's a select few kids that can actually listen to what you got to say. All right. And honestly, I don't watch the NBA now because I, and I, don't, I know I'm kind of going off topic, but I don't watch the NBA cause it, it, it's a different breed of basketball. All right. Jordan, Jordan got hammered under the rim so many times that wasn't even funny. And it was a flip of a coin whether or not, whether or not it was, was going to get called. And now, and nowadays, nowadays, you know, and I, and I tell students that, hey, you know, obviously, you know, they can't see, you know, the, the Detroit bad boys with uh, Isaiah Thomas and Dennis Rodman and, and, and all those other guys and whatnot. I mean, guys, basketball players. New, New York Knicks and Charles Oakley. I mean, there was. Yeah. Basketball players in the 80s and 90s, they took a beating. It was a step below an NFL football game at that point. I was point. say, really, any sport you look at is transformed, and we could call it all a little bit softer than it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I, as we keep going, though, McCutcheon, I, I love the different strategies that you incorporate, um, but you also bring in a lot of tech into your classroom. Uh, can you touch on how you use some of that technology to engage students or to continue building the relationships? Yeah, so um, I use uh, ClassKick a lot, all right? I use ClassKick a lot, um, mainly primarily for notes, all right, and, and or like PDF worksheets, if you will, kind of thing, uh, mainly because, I, all right, look, I was, I was an 80s kid, all right? So 80s, 90s, and early 2000s, um, you, were given, you were given loosely paper for, for notes and what have you. Well, nine times out of ten, if you don't keep it, you know, pristine enough, that notes, those notes are crumpled up, and what have you. So I use ClassKick a lot. All right, being a math teacher, everything's kind of like black and white, if you will. All right, it's either right or it's wrong. Well, the thing is, is that the uh, ClassKick, you can highlight stuff. You know, you can you can annotate things, you can type, you can do all these different things because kids nowadays, you know, they kind of like they want the paper but they don't realize that we're in what 2023 now. So everything's kind of evolved when it comes to tech wise or, or, or tech or the technology sense, if you will. Um, I also, I also do like fun little games with them, like book it um, quizzes and what have you to get, to get data off of that. All right. And basically, I don't know, I call book it legalized torture, especially depending on some game modes, because believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, there are some game modes to where um, I've, I've seriously had kids get animated because, you know, so-and-so took, you know, 20,000 pieces of gold. The gold you know, from, quest. From, yeah, the gold quest. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, you know, just, just sitting back watching them and what have you. And then, and then, and then me personally, I don't know. I, I, I can't, I can't keep quiet as you can probably tell through this podcast. I can't keep quiet. So, uh, I'm kind of like a, uh, I don't know, announcer, if you will, kind of thing. You know, hey, if we've got two minutes left, I say, hey, we, this is a two-minute warning. You know, this, we'll take a break in the action. This this ad sponsored by Lay's Potato Chips or, or whatever, <laughs> and, and, and get, them going, get them going and what have you. That way they know exactly, you know, how much time's left, and that way they can compete against each other and what have you. But, yeah, you know, it's, I don't know. I love, I love tech. tech. Tech's a great tool and what have you. Um, so... So here's another question I have in my position in, in technology resource. I hear a lot of people on, on both sides of the argument with student devices, iPad versus Chromebook, uh, you know, from the perspective of a math teacher, who's kind of all in on tech, 
which one do you think is more and more not that either there's one that's good and one that's bad but which one would be more effective for you in terms of teaching math all right so all right so i'm just going to bring this analogy up all right back in back in the early 2000s you had the original xbox you had the nintendo gamecube and then the ps2 believe it or not there were some games some video games that were um easier to play than others all right so for example let's say madden madden would be you know great for the x for the original xbox or xbox 360 compared to the gamecube which eh, it's not so much here we're comparing the we're comparing the apple ipad to the chromebook so as a math teacher for me all right because because math is more visual and you have to literally show your work in, in regards to in other words if you're adding 25 to both sides typing plus 25 on the keyboard is going not not really uh conducive if you will to to showing your work in in regards to you know the class kick or whatever the case may be um so i would say ipad for for, for math but maybe for like uh english obviously maybe for english the chromebook would be would be a lot better and you know conducive for that but yeah for math i'd say the ipad all right so another thing I wanted to ask you about as you were talking about class kick and we've in, in past episodes, anybody who's been listening to the show, we've actually, you know, dove into class kick quite a bit in the past. Uh, one of the things that it's really good for is feedback. And could you talk a little bit about how you use those stickers and even how something like stickers, which digital stickers sound like kind of a silly thing, but how those can be helpful in a high school uh, setting? Yeah. So, when I first used Class Kick, uh, my very first year at um, McKinley, because um, when I when I first well coming from a Faircrest to McKinley, it's like all right, so I'm kind of like you know fish out of water. It's like I'm trying to get all these resources, trying to figure out tech and what have you. So I don't know the biggest the biggest proponent, the biggest the biggest way you can be um, acclimated to tech is by playing with it. All right, playing with it, seeing seeing what you can do, seeing what you can't do. And what have you and, tr and tried to manipulate certain things to get what you want so anyway i was uh <laughs> i was uh this was during the COVID year uh 20 the spring of 2020 i believe um you know I'm, I'm on a google meet by myself because you know i'm waiting for kids to come no one no one would come so i'm just playing stuff on my ipad and uh i realized hey i can actually uh create stickers all right. And obviously, if you don't know stickers on class kick, you can um, assign point values. All right. Mm -hmm. So you can assign each sticker, let's say five points, one point, two points, whatever the case may be. So well, I don't know. Like I said, I'm an 80s kid. All right. I love I love the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So I uh, just found this picture of Michelangelo's head, you know, and actually uploaded it on there. I was like, oh, wow, that's kind of cool. So let's let's actually create a caption here, and let's actually create point totals and what have you. So uh, yeah, on my on my interface, you know, there, on, or inside my stickers, I actually got Michelangelo's face, 1987, and uh, I think it's worth like 20 points or something like that. Because I might have used it for a project, I can't remember now. And uh, the caption says, "Totally, totally radical, dude." <laughs> kind of thing. And obviously, and obviously, you know, kids kids see that, kids see that, and they kind of like. Oh my God! What 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 is this? They can't admit it's cool. <laughs> yeah, they know, really right? they want the sticker, but they can't admit it's cool. Well, I mean, shoot, like I said, I'm an '80s kid, so it's like. And so when, when, first, when I saw the stickers, I'm thinking, all right. So I remember getting stickers back when I was in first grade, second grade, third grade. I'm thinking, this is kind of childish or whatever. 
I was like, you know what? I'm I'm just going to I'm I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to have fun with it. And believe it or not, kids kids get a good response seeing seeing all the stickers. I actually have I actually have uh, bitmojis with 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 myself on there. And you know, and a, a kid does a kid does a great job. You know, I actually has you know myself as a character, which uh, caricature of me. I'm not sure if that's a good thing or bad thing, <laughs> but uh, it's but, there. You know, yeah, it's there. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's definitely there. But uh, yeah, I, I just like to have fun with it. So yeah, I definitely learned my lesson on putting bitmojis in my class kick slides because pretty soon the kids were like giving me like pirate eye patches and like <laughs> different hairstyles and all that. And I, I mean, I couldn't be mad. I kind of set them up for it. I served it right up there on a platter <laughs> for them. So yeah, or, or or devil horns or something. <laughs> yeah, you took you took the hard part of the drawing away. Now they just have to add the right. Stuff. I gave them the framework for it. They yeah. just went with it. <laughs> So uh, one other thing too, just as far as strategies that you use, uh, I know that you Apple Classroom is something you use to kind of monitor and keep track of what they're working on. And for any teacher who's used Apple Classroom, especially with older students, uh, they'll be able to tell you that sometimes that can become confrontational when you're monitoring a kid's screen and then addressing them, you know, getting off task. Can you talk a little bit maybe about how you use Apple Classroom and, and you do that to monitor what they're doing, but at the same time do it in kind of a non-threatening way? Oh yeah. So I, when I say stock, I you say it kind of as a metaphor kind of thing. All right. So, so, so if I, you know, I'm giving out notes or I'm doing notes or, or, you know, students are working independently. All right. I have uh, styluses in my room. All right. And kids love the styluses because, you know, they, they, they like to draw. All right. They like to draw. So I use Apple classroom just to see, all right. So is this student on task? All right. And, and by now, um, October 9th, I've kind of identified, you know, who, who do I need to like get on the most when it comes to performance on task, all that stuff. And, uh, so I go in Apple classroom and I see, all right, this kid's on class kick. All right, sweet. This kid's not where, right, so what is, what is this kid doing? So they're either on sketchbook, they're on, you know, or they are on class kick, but they're drawing, you know, a bird or, you know, a, a, a caricature of themselves or what have you. So, uh, so I, I just called the student up randomly, you know, call, call, call the kid up. And I said, Hey, I said, all right. So I have to admit, I have to admit this. I said, this is one heck of a bird. I mean, I mean, she, she, she the detail on this thing, it was actually a Phoenix, but this, this, oh. this, yeah, I know this detail was amazing. And I, and actually I might've taken a screenshot of it because I mean, the detail was great. Um, and what have you. So, so anyway, I, I like to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with kids when it comes to, you know, what, what, what they want to do when they grow up, because believe it or not, kids, kids don't see, you know, the bigger picture. They just focus on, you know, the here and now, which some of them may not be. But anyway, I, I, I talk to kids all the time. I said, Hey, you know, this, this is, this is a great Phoenix. And I try to redirect them in a path to where, Hey, you know what, you could be, you know, a uh, graphic designer, if you will, but but you do need the math when it comes to X and Y coordinate planes. You need this, this, and this, and this. And they basically, believe it or not, are very, very receptive to that and what have you. Um, I know obviously McKinley has this uh, CTE, which is Career Tech Education Program. And I say, hey, you know what? Maybe you, maybe you could easily, you know, get into this kind of field or this kind of program, you know, your junior year, but, you know, preparing yourself for your junior year starts now kind of thing and kind of getting them redirected and focus on tasks that way. You're getting them the hook, man. You, you know, you're, you're taking, 
I think too often we chastise kids for not doing exactly what we want them to right now. And instead, you, you had no problem redirecting, but you were like, hey, this is cool. I really like this, but maybe just now is not the right time to be doing it. And then you you feed into the conversation of, you know, our goal is to prepare kids for the next level. And what you just did is you took their interest, you found out what they want to do, and now you're saying, okay, this class can help you do that if you do these things. <laughs> you know, so they it, it's that that planning, and, and then it also kind of is that connection piece of, okay, what you're doing here is not what I need you to do, rather than just saying, no, stop, do this. You had a chance to kind of build that relationship, celebrate the things that they, they want to do, and then tie it back into my class will help you succeed because this. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Uh, that five-minute conversation could have just changed your whole relationship with that kid. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And basically, I mean, I do a lot of investigative uh, behind the scenes, if you will, kind of thing. All right, so so Apple Classroom can be used a lot of different ways. So I guess you can say micromanage. But I try not to do that a whole lot. I try to like, all right, give kids a freedom, but as long as they understand what's going on, all right. And look, look, kids. Let's be real. Are kids are kids going to be on task one hundred percent of the time? No. All right. Honestly, especially in a block in a block schedule yeah. with ninety minutes, especially now. Yeah, I mean, honestly, us adults, us adults aren't on task one hundred percent of the time. So I mean, so I mean, we can't we can't really micromanage or you know dictate you know what kids should do you know every minute of the class or, or yeah of, of the classroom setting and what have you. But basically, you know, it's it's, it's having open, honest uh, communication when it comes to you know what they're interested in, such as drawing a phoenix, you know, being on Sketchbook, which is a great tool and what have you. In fact, I got it on my iPad. Because I, I, you know, edit pictures and what have you in regards to, you know, various things and what have you. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's all about, it's all about diving into what they know, what, what they're interested in, and then having communication with that. You know, I think when I've used Apple Classroom with younger kids in the past, when you look at the middle school level, there were times when I would have to force lock them into the app that we were on just to try to avoid yeah. some of that. And even at the middle school level, that can really sometimes open up like a confrontational type setting. But as you talk about the way that you're using it, especially with high school kids, you want to be able to give them a little bit more latitude, be able to you know trust them a little bit more. And then also the fact is, though, you're just not letting them run wild. You're still monitoring their screens. And that way, if somebody starts to get off track a little bit, you can still redirect them. It's just not so much in a, a way that's putting the hammer down or in a way that they're going to find is, is threatening or confrontational. Right. Well, look, I mean, there, believe it or not, there's there's always a time for everything. All right. So 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 am I going to lock am I going to lock their iPads, you know, through Apple Classroom all the time? No. All right. But believe it or not, there there are some times and I've done it this year where I, I have locked every single kit inside class kit because you know what? We got a test coming up here soon. And I kid you not, the end of the nine weeks is coming up. They're gonna ask why the grade's so low. It's like, well, it's because you were X, Y, and Z kind of thing. Drawing um, amazing but, phoenixes during test review. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, basically it's basically, I mean, I get, I, I get paid to teach, but I also get paid to, you know, talk to students, communicate with them and uh, see what they're interested in and what have you. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all about, it's all about making sure, making sure they're, they're focused. Well, there's times where you want to be a little more structured and other times where you want to allow the freedom and then re-guide them back to where they need to be, you know, and it's that balance. But I think you, you've touched on it a little bit. You're just, you're open with the kids. You're completely honest. All right, right now, we, I, we've got a lot of stuff coming up. I got a test to prepare you for. I have to make sure that you understand the material. So 
we're locking it down right now while we go through this later on we'll unlock right and and i think a lot of times we it's small it's subtle but i don't think we as a whole take enough time to articulate that to kids to where they understand why we're doing what we're doing we make the assumption you know so i think that that those little key things are powerful to our kids because they pick up on it right well and also you know incentives incentives if you will kind of thing so it's like you know we got we got you know uh kickboard you know which is which is our online reward system and what have you to where you know we give you know kids you know five ten bulldog bucks whatever all right and believe it or not that's that that goes a long way because kids want to know how much how much they use or i'm sorry how much they have and what have you all right and honestly i've been told you know by uh i think most of my freshmen there's only a select few teachers that uses it and i guess i'm one of them so i mean it's i mean it's 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 a good it's a good reward motivating tool to use and also you know it also gives hey you want your own class kick you actually you know kick butt today i'm giving you five board bucks keep it up kind of thing and even though and uh, and honestly even though even though if, if i give out let's say five problems to do before class ends and they do one or two all right, for that kid, it's that's actually a win because normally they wouldn't do it. They would be drawing, you know, <laughs> phoenixes or you know, doing you know whatever the case may be, and uh, yeah, a win's a win, man. Yep. So you know, I I really uh, I'm interested in just the way that your approach was. I felt like mine was similar, right? We got a lot of structure, but at the end of the day, you're focusing on those relationships. You're focusing on really building something beyond just surface level, you're trying to be a little more authentic with the kids. Um, I've seen you in the halls, you come off very stern and uh, like stoic, but I've also seen you in the class where you're very high energy and you're looking to pull the kids in, in a positive manner. Uh, you know, so I, I think we've seen a lot of success, which is why we asked you to come on today. So if you were to give some advice to maybe a new teacher or veteran that's looking for some inspiration, you know, what would it be? Um, well, first off, don't be afraid to communicate with students. Um, be, be authentic, be real with, with the kids. Um, I'm not, this is not a knock on any teacher who uses, um, icebreakers, but I only use icebreakers maybe once a year and that's, and that's the first day. Um, and really you have to, you have to make, you have to make everything relevant. All right. Even, even as stupid, something as simple as, you know, talking with the kids and what have you. Um, and I have, so yeah, I'm out in the hall a lot. I'm talking with kids one-on-one, -on -one, not to put them, you know, not, not just, just put the spotlight on them. And all of a sudden, if I put the, if, if I confront a student inside class, all of a sudden they're like, oh, he's in trouble kind of thing. So, so I mean, even though, even though yes, the freshmen, sophomores, they kind of act like fifth graders at times, of course who doesn't, right? Um, so yeah, I basically talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. I just have real conversations with them. All right. Because honestly, if, if you, if you talk to them like adults, all right, they will, they will be, they will mature quicker than what you think. Um, basically set the expectations. I right? set the expectations. All right. And, and, and I've had this conversation with, you know, with kids in my class, I've had this conversation with my son. Hey, look, there's a time for everything. There's a time to joke around and there's a, there's a time to be serious. All right. And this is the time to be serious kind of thing. Um, don't be afraid to pull kids out in the hall and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. All right. Cause you know, if, if, if someone slows down, all right, you can, you can easily see it through the body language through, Hey, they might have their head down. They might be sleeping. They might get two hours of sleep, you know, what have you try to try to follow up 
with that with that student. Um, you know, I, I have I have one on one conversations all the time with the kids down the hall, as I previously mentioned. All right, sometimes it's basically get them back on track because these kids don't know the potential that that, that they can reach. And my job is to motivate them to get them, you know, to, to that point. All right. Um <laughs> the uh the one saying, and I don't know where this came from, but the saying is, you know, don't smile until like after Thanksgiving or something. Um, yeah, that probably isn't going to work, especially nowadays, uh, because, you know, if you don't smile after, after Thanksgiving, well, you've kind of lost them. All right. I'm smiling. I'm joking around. I'm having a good time. Um, I've told so many dad jokes, you know, through over the years. I have literally have forgotten them. My dad joke bank is kind of at zero it's on it's on e um for for, for, for obviously various reasons uh but uh but yeah just 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 have fun with the kids just have fun with the kids and what have you take you know be real be authentic you know have have a genuine authentic relationship i mean something super something as simple and stupid as you know a lebron jersey hey buddy uh sorry hate to break it to you jordan's a goat and then all of a sudden, you know, it, it breaks the ice that way. Instead of saying, hi, yeah, what are your, what are your three top, top three movies or something like that? I mean, it's, it, it's good, but it's not really authentic, if you will. When you can tell that you're, you have fun with it. Like you come in every day looking forward to just goofing with kids. You know, you get to teach math and you get to, you know, build those relationships. You can tie it together. But, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head where you said just have fun with it. You're, you seem to be just enjoying the fact that you get to build the relationships and teach them something in the process. Well, we want to definitely thank you for coming on today. You've got some, uh, some great insight yep. and uh, some, some really helpful things that I think teachers can pull from and, and, and gather from as you've described some of the things you use in your math classes and, and also just the ways that you use to relate with students. So thanks for coming on today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Teaching in Tech with Camp McKinley's own Aaron McCutcheon. If you've enjoyed the podcast, please remember to subscribe, rate, and write us a review. You can find all episodes of Teaching in Tech with Alan and Chad on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.